At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone. My name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to the amazing Kat Eckelboom-White who is a wedding and elopement photographer with an incredible portfolio. She takes photos of wedding couples in the Alps and beyond. We talk about the importance of having time to yourself as a business owner, how Kat entered the world of wedding photography, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Kat. Welcome to Great Big Photography World podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, hi. So my name is Kat Eckleboom-White. I am originally from the UK. Um, I now live in Innsbruck in Austria, uh, so in the middle of the Austrian Alps. I am primarily an elopement photographer and also micro-weddings. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. So I specialise in, in weddings here in the mountains. What an exciting genre. I mean... I guess you can call it a genre, right? It's something that you basically came up with yourself, I think, because I don't see many people with your kind of work online. But I think it's just the most exciting thing ever. You probably have so many adventures during your shoots. 
Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's a few photographers in the US that do very similar kind of things, but here in Europe, um, certainly it didn't used to be a big thing. Um, becoming more popular. I think you've got social media to thank for the popularity of elopements and couples standing in the middle of mountains. Uh, but for me, it, it's something that goes a lot, a lot deeper, and it's just the best job in the world. It's the very link to my background and the love of being outdoors and in the mountains and it's just so much fun yeah I can imagine and what camera equipment do you use so I am a Fujifilm shooter uh, Fujifilm ambassador so I shoot with the X-T3s I haven't upgraded yet I haven't felt the need to so I shoot with two X-T3 bodies and depending on the situation if I'm somewhere where I'm doing a lot of hiking and a lot of skiing and I need to be really lightweight um, on one body, I will have the, um, oh, this is where you find out that I'm not a gear nerd and I have to try and remember exactly which lenses they are. Um, I have the uh, 16 to 55 2.8 zoom. And on the second body, I have the, I want to say 55 140. So it's like a 24 70 equivalent on one and a 70 to 200 equivalent on the other. Um, if I'm shooting something where I need a little bit, something a little bit faster, then I may shoot with primes. If I'm shooting with primes, I tend to go with uh, a 16, a 35, and a 56, which is roughly like a 24, a 50, and an 85. Okay, that's very interesting. As you state on your website, you had a mid-life crisis at the age of 23, which I think most of us can relate to. Um, and you realized you didn't want to have a nine-to-five job. And this led to some adventures in the Alps and a wedding photography business. What compelled you to specialize in wedding photography? Um, it was actually my own business. Um, my own business. <laughs> no, my own wedding. That was the catalyst. So I wasn't a photographer before I had the idea of starting up a wedding photography business. It started with getting married and the most important thing when we were planning our own wedding was the photography. And I became kind of really, I don't want to say obsessed with the photography part of it, but choosing the photographer was a really important part. And I became kind of so emotionally drawn into the photographs of other photographers and the power that they had. And I'd always kind of been searching for that kind of, I want to do something different with my life. I've always had that entrepreneurial drive of wanting to kind of start a business to do something. I've always been creative. And so after our wedding, it was like, I don't want to never do anything with weddings before, even though it was super stressful planning a wedding. So I was like, I'm going to buy a camera and I'm going to learn to become a photographer and I'm going to learn to be a wedding photographer. And everyone thought, yeah, okay, right, great, good for you. Um, that's pretty much, yeah, what I did. That's so exciting. And I think most photographers are, that was my experience as well with it. I, I knew I liked photography, but then I explored different genres and I eventually realized that I really like portrait photography. But for you, it was immediately something that you knew what you wanted to specialize in, essentially, and that's quite unique. Do you remember who your first wedding clients were? Um. I do. I do. And um, yeah, I mean, I did like I think a lot of people do at the start and that 
when I had no idea right as I started out what I was doing I posted in a couple of like these Facebook buy and sell groups of I'm training to be a photographer I've got I didn't say I've got no idea what I'm doing but I kind of said I'm a photography student and I if you don't have a wedding photographer and you're happy to have like somebody who's just learning come and take photos like I won't charge anything but you know I'm offering my services for free I did that for like two couples um, just to get the experience and basically said, you know, I've no idea how the photos will turn out, but I will come and do it if you will let me photograph your wedding. And two people said, yeah, okay, great. Um, we weren't going to have a photographer. So that's, that's a bonus for us. Um, I remember my first paying clients. That was not a happy story, but I learned a lot. So I'm very thankful for the lessons it taught me. And you know, it, it built from there and it was a great journey. I can imagine. And that's quite smart to offer your services as a student and then to not charge anything and get that experience at the same time. But I'm sorry you had a, an uncomfortable experience the first time, but I'm glad that it didn't discourage you from continuing this journey. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of mixed opinions on whether people should offer to do stuff for free when they're starting out. And I definitely think everyone has to decide what's right for them. And for me, it was a great way to get experience without kind of mis-selling myself as someone is having more experience than I did. And yeah, even the clients where, yeah, it, it, um, it didn't go so well. Um, I, yeah, I'm thankful for the, the learning experience and, um, it, it taught me to be a, not necessarily a better photographer because the, the problems that I had with it or the challenges were to do with how I ran my business and setting expectations. So I learned so much that then moving forward from that, because I had that experience early on, it just taught me to be a better, I think a better business owner. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to know these things before you seriously dive into a business, because then you'll be able to avoid so many issues in the future. Absolutely. And get, get so much more into a contract than you think you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your wedding photography business is called Wild Connections Photography. Mm -hmm. What is the inspiration behind this name? And do you have any tips for photographers who are struggling with picking a name for their business? Um, I mean, the tips would be, honestly, don't overthink it. <laughs> the inspiration from the name of my business really came from the fact that when I got married, as you possibly heard when I introduced myself at the start, and if you've read my name, um, if, you, if my full name is in the show notes, I have a very long name and it's hard to pronounce. It's hard to spell. It's easy to misspell. So I straight away was like my name is unique but it's so easy to get wrong so I was like okay I need to think of something else that is just you can't spell it wrong and it, I was sort of going backwards and forwards for ages you know what can I call myself being in the mountains and things what what are my values what do I believe in and I kind of almost just had to park it for a while and just kind of not think about it and I was reading an outdoor blog I think it was about kayaking in, in Antarctica and it was just talking about connecting with nature and connecting with the wild and 
how when people connect with wild spaces, that's really when they connect with themselves and these wild connections. And literally when I was reading this quote from this adventurer, this explorer, I got goosebumps. Like literally I could feel my whole body tingling and I I saw the, the phrase wild connections. And so suddenly I went, that's what I'm going to call my business. Um, and then I went on the frantic thing of, does anyone else have that business name? Like, can I even use it? But it was a very intuitive thing. I just read it and I just kind of went, that's it. That's what I want to call my business. So yeah, really don't overthink it. Um, I think some people go with this, you know, a lot of cliches around light and capturing moments and images, just kind of, just take the time to almost not think about it and trust that it will come to you. I know that sounds super existential and um, <laughs> maybe not a great answer, but I think that for me at least was the way that it almost found me. Right. That's what I was thinking when you were sharing that story that it found you in a way while you were just doing your thing. You weren't looking for a reason to. You're looking for uh, ideas it just came to you and on its own so that's nice just live your life and your name will find you <laughs> no that's a great answer and you have another business called adventure wedding academy which is meant to help elopement photographers live their best lives and take care of their photography business at the same time what do aspiring elopement photographers struggle with the most um i think it's different for a lot of people so it's I don't want to project necessarily what other people's problems are. Um, I think a big problem or a, a big struggle that I see a lot in the industry in general is around possibly sustainability. And by that, I don't mean like being like green and eco-conscious as a photographer and a business owner, but in terms of actually like building a business that is going to sustain you for the long term so not just kind of having this dream of okay I want to be elopement photographer how can I do it I want to shoot all around the world so I can do it really really cheaply I'll do it really low rates I'll book a whole load of things and then being really burnt out not putting things like profitability not looking at how much things cost how much time things take um, so not looking at all aspects of running the business in terms of a, a longevity side of things as well. Um, so I think that it's not just elopement photographers, but I think because elopements, especially since the pandemic, have become sort of thrust to the forefront even more, this is kind of rushed to get on that train of, I want to be an elopement photographer too, that there's almost this, okay, well, what can I do to, to have that success now without thinking, okay, instead of short the the shortcuts you can take to to get the success today how can i build my business so that it's not just successful tomorrow but maybe i actually have a slower slightly slower progress but i'm successful for the next 5 years or the next 10 years and that business can sustain me and can sustain my lifestyle yeah, that's a very thoughtful answer. I really like it because, yeah, when you're emotional and you're excited about a new business idea, then you want to invest everything in it. But then that might not really sustain you in the long term. As you said, you need to be more thoughtful about where this business will be a year from now, how you feel. You don't want to 
reach a stage where you're just burnt out, which we'll talk about later in this interview as well. But yeah, I mean, those are all things that are very important to consider. Yeah, absolutely. And and they come, you know, hand in hand, I think, with, yeah, like you say, with, with burnout as well. Yeah, you know, you can have a great, you know, idea of, you know, I want to do this. But, you know, without kind of thinking, okay, what are the long-term ramifications of, okay, well, I can shoot, you know, this many weddings for a discounted rate or I'll, um, you know, do a certain number of things just for portfolio um, that you're like, okay, well, then what do I have to turn down in order to do that? And and how does that have long-term effects on, you know, the sustainability of your business and actually just being able to to earn money and and charge what you're worth because if you end up so tired and you're not earning money then you know you quickly fall out of love with your business that's right yeah it's a dangerous place to be in and speaking of business and boundaries on your instagram page you have a quote that says that your business is not your baby which i completely agree with but sometimes that's a bit difficult to digest especially if you're very emotionally invested in what you do so I'm curious to know what advice you'd give to someone who wants to have a better work slash life balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is hard, you know, as as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we've as photographers, we've created these businesses out of something that we love. Um, so we're, there is that thing of, oh, it, I've grown it from nothing. Um, having for me, having a healthier, and I would like to call it a work life blend, not a work life balance because for me and I know other people use this term too a balance kind of involves or implies that there's always a tipping point Mm -hmm. Um, and you know there are some times where maybe you do focus more on the work and there's other times where you're like now I'm going to prioritize my life and so it really is a blend Um, but for me I think one of the big things is knowing where your boundaries are um, and setting those boundaries and, and holding them So, you know, if it's saying I only want to work X number of weddings a year or, you know, my I only want to work four days a week, um, you know, in office hours or I won't work during the month of August because I have kids and that's when they're on school holidays. Um, Knowing what your boundaries are and not moving them for anyone. I think that's one of the really, really important things to to help with kind of keeping that that blend, you know, in in a good place. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Knowing your boundaries, setting your boundaries and not letting anybody change them. That's that's really powerful and that's difficult to learn, but it's it's very important. So photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. 
you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Yeah, a few years ago, you had an illness because you worked too hard. And burnout, as we just mentioned, it's something a lot of people struggle with. And unfortunately, it's just something that most of us are familiar with in one way or another. What do you do to recharge your batteries? For me, um, time outside is the biggest one, which is also what I do for work as well. But it's, it's definitely a very different time outside. So for me, it's going hiking. Um, and I think that actually the biggest one for me is climbing. Um, I really love going climbing. And even though often when I'm there in the moment with climbing, um, it's sometimes quite a high stress environment. I can be crying, having a panic attack. Um, <laughs> like I do funnily enough have a fear of heights, but for me, climbing is an amazing way of being able to switch off my mind. And I think that is another one of those things, you know, with a work-life blend. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, there's always those things in the back of my mind of, have I sent that email? Have I done this? You, there's always these things. And for me, to recharge climbing when I'm on a wall, whether it's at the gym or outside, there's only that focusing on what I'm doing, what my body is doing in that very, very moment. Um I can't meditate, I can't sit still, but for me, climbing is that that kind of outlet where everything else just, yeah, just gets turned off and I absolutely love it. And so for me, I do protect that time. I make sure my weekends when I'm not shooting or going forward actually from I'm going on holiday next week or when I get back, I've blocked out every Tuesday evening in my calendar now to go to the climbing gym because I know that I just, I need that time to just decompress, to, to process whatever else is going on and just to switch off. Um, so that's kind of my, it's not, it's not always relaxing time or a lot of people don't see it as a relaxing time, but for me, that's like my, my time when I process. And I also like to start the day reading. I'm not very good with journaling or meditation, but I do like to just start my mornings with a nice cup of tea. That's my English side. No matter where I live in the world, I have to start my day with a cup of tea um, and I read for half an hour. And that's just another way for me of just recharging. Well, high five, because I also like to start my mornings with a nice book. <laughs> it's the best feeling. But you made a good point because, first of all, your lifestyle sounds very healthy. And second, the same thing is not going to work for everybody. As you said, like for me as well, I'm not really the kind of person who likes to sit still and meditate. That does nothing for me. But it does a lot for other people. And so I think sometimes we tend to follow the crowd when it comes to self-care because we don't maybe know much about it. So it's important to know what works for you as a photographer, as a person, so that you can properly recharge and then go back to your business feeling refreshed. Definitely. It's, it's so important, I think, for recharging, also for just, for just having that time to process the things going on in, in your mind. I have a very, very active mind. And for years, people were telling me, you should journal, you should journal. And I'd tr I tried it and I'd stop and I'd keep going back to it because people told me I should. And I found for me that that just wasn't how I processed. My processing was I'd go for a walk. And when I was walking or hiking, my mind was still running, 
but the kind of the movement of just one foot in front of the other was my that was my processing time so yeah it's that finding ways that work for you to to relax to process however that looks for some people it's going running for some people it's journaling for some people it's meditation and then going back to the boundaries it's also then once you've found those things that are your way of of recharging of processing protecting that time as well right yeah never listen to anyone who says that you should be doing something yeah. i mean they don't know you that well <laughs> only you know yourself that well to decide what's good for you yeah this is all very very helpful information by the way i know this is not related to photography but what is your favorite book of all time oh my goodness oh that's really hard to answer because i read mostly non-fiction and like biographies and things um because I'm a bit of a I am an, a learning nerd um I oh, it's, it's, I love reading stuff books on from like extreme athletes and things mm-hmm. so I love reading books about fear um the psychology of fear so there's a few books like literally one called fear which is a lot of interviews with different extreme sports people from from all sorts of different fields from like Alex Honnold who's the the free solo climber to wingsuit based jumpers to people who highlight and all the different ways that they not that they how they've overcome fear but how they because most of them say it's not about overcoming fear it's about learning how to manage it and live with it and able to do the things that you want to do when in a lot of what they do they're faced with it in a very often a very real situation because of the sports they do um but listening to all their different ways of managing their fears um and I find books like that really interesting so also biographies from um explorers and adventurers and stuff Oh, that's interesting. And that must help you as a photographer as well. Like with fear, as photographers, we are afraid when it comes to certain photo shoots or we feel nervous or I'm sure that helps you too, right? Absolutely. It helps me in my personal life and also as as a business coach and mentor, because there's so many themes that come through that so much comes back to fears and insecurities. Um, You know, even when it comes to things like raising prices or having the fear of taking time off you know what will happen to my business if I take the day off um comes back to fear so yeah it's quite interesting yeah it is very interesting you've taken so many amazing photographs in some of the most beautiful places in the world I know that every photo shoot is special to you but is there a specific experience that really stands out to you oh that's such a hard question to to answer um I suppose I think the photo shoots that really stand out are the couples where I've spent multiple days with them. So the first ever one where I did that was a couple called Adam and Michelle who came all the way from Colorado over to the Italian Dolomites. And we hiked for three days on the Altavia 2, which is, I think, possibly the most of the, the most challenging of the Altavia routes, which is a long-distance hike in the Dolomites. Um, they were on the hike for a week already, and I joined them for the last three days. It was the end of June, so we had still a whole load of snow on the trails. We were covering a lot of distance, a lot of altitude, 
we suffered quite a bit. Um, it was quite hard work physically, but it was just an incredible experience. Um, just uh, amazing to be a part of and to be able to capture that adventure for them was just so incredible for me. So I guess that was the first time when I'd done one of these three-day elopements. And since then, I've had the pleasure to do a few others. And they always stand out for me as just being just amazing. Right. That sounds really beautiful. And it makes sense because you spend more time, more quality time with the couple. And you really get to know them. So I guess it makes it easier for you to take authentic photos of them. Absolutely. And it's not just capturing, you know, those sort of typical wedding day highlights you're you're there capturing the whole journey the highs and lows it's not just the sort of posed moments in the wedding gear you're also there in you know normal hiking gear a lot of the time sometimes capturing the suffering um the you know challenging climbing up through snow um with one of my other couples emma and martin we did some climbing as well um Olivia Ferrata, where some of it was quite, it was quite hard. It was quite exposed. And yeah, you know, it's, um, you, sometimes you sort of see the, not the pain on their faces, but the kind of like the, this is, but it was the, this is the adventure we chose for our wedding because this is us. And being able to give those photos back to them and go, this captures you, like who you are and why you chose to get married this this way um for them as well to give that to people and for them to be able to share it with the world and say this is why we didn't invite you to our wedding because you couldn't have kept up with us like this this is truly reflects us as a couple like it's yeah it's awesome it's the best job ever you can imagine and for the couples I mean how amazing of an experience is that they can look back on this their whole lives and talk to talk about it with their kids and oh it's unforgettable I can imagine wow yeah definitely cool job okay well I have one more question for you what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world I'm so happy with where I am um that honestly to work less (laughs) (laughs) to be yeah to actually just be shooting with more amazing couples like I have been to be out more shooting two or three days with couples I'm training to be a hiking guide at the moment so to be able to just do more of what I'm doing but work less in the office spend less time yeah doing admin um and just have even more freedom um but honestly, I know it's really boring, but I love where I live. And so I'm really happy to just carry on shooting more couples here. And yeah, just, just to keep doing this for the next few years. Sounds really nice. And it's not boring at all. It's a good answer. And I'm sure that you will continue to have a beautiful blend uh, of work and life. And I hope that you have more opportunities to relax more and process more and work less because that really reflects in your work. Your images are very stress-free, effortless in a way. That makes sense. Uh, There's real authenticity in them, which I appreciate. So yeah, I wish you the very best with your journey. Thank you so much.
And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had so much fun talking to you and I'm sure the listeners learned a lot about your amazing work. Thanks so much for having me. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I really enjoyed finding out about Kat's journey as an elopement photographer, and I appreciate how much she cherishes her free time. Even though we're all very busy in our personal lives and as photographers, we should find time to ourselves to relax and to refresh ourselves and to just settle down in this busy life. I hope this interview inspired you to take better care of yourself and to embrace all of your interests as a photographer. See you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.